This is Saurabh, and you're listening to my favorite talk show, The Fiji Show with Aditya. A comfort zone can be defined as a state of mind in which people are in control of their environment and experiencing lower level of anxiety and stress. What is this idea behind comfort zone, a fiction or a fact? Right now, the status quo has changed. We are all working from the comfort of our work stations. And is that inside one's comfort zone or outside one's comfort zone well that depends from people to people for me there is no thing such as comfort zone or no thing such as going outside one's comfort zone since comfort zone is directly proportional to experiencing anxiety and stress levels so the entire idea around comfort zone is basically subjective and relative from individuals to individuals but what of those individuals for whom terms like stress anxiety doesn't exist the underlying theory is that if you are not anxious and stressed out about anything then you are not working hard enough but what is being stressed out and anxious such terms have confounded me for years when i say that we have all created a literal bubble around ourselves though we call it by different terms such as isolation or containment or quarantine to experience different zones first we have to move out of the comfort of our workstations but the comfort of our workstation is the way the cookie crumbles and how can one individual's comfort zone influence another individual well i don't know if it does well if it does then that depends on the two individuals the world has been cushioned around terms like success and failure if you don't experience failure you won't understand success if you want to accept or experience success then you have to go through nodes and modes of failure but what is success and failure it's a state of mind so eventually the idea of comfort zone also becomes a state of mind and the trick is not to tell anyone that you are anxious about something because nobody takes that seriously if you have certain things to do and even if you are nervous before doing it the key is not to tell anyone even if you experience anxiety though anxiety just like success and failure is a state of mind it depends from individuals to individuals but we waste so much time discussing failure and success and comfort zones and being uncomfortable moving outside the bubble though right now being in the bubble is the way things are positioned or being in quarantine or isolation is the way people are feeling comfortable individuals always 
talk about seeking new experiences and learning new skills but what is left to learn there is nothing left to learn that can be called new what is new experience the definition of success for example is having a million followers on pseudo media or having a thousand subscribers or thousand views on your video channels so statistics by design and default play a huge role in an individual's definition of success or failure whatever profession we are in the statistics we show if an individual has 10 clients and those clients are well known companies then the individual is successful though the relation between the clients and the individual can be seen in different ways so if for example someone gets 70 views for their video channel or whatever audio or video podcast or something like that they created and the other individual gets 10000 views in a space of 6 to 7 months who will by definition of success be successful the one who has more views and more subscribers it doesn't mean that the one who doesn't is not comfortable doing what they are because there is no relationship between statistics and success but that's my viewpoint the majority viewpoint is what the viewpoint is acceptable so if statistics play a huge role whether it's economy whether it's the maximum number of pass outs from a school whether it's government or public or private that is what defines success and no matter how we may pretend to think that we are different that we don't get influenced by success and failure if others see you they see statistics first so if our economy is flailing the gdp is falling it means that the country's economy employment rates are in trouble what do we get influenced by the employment rates the gdp and all those numbers which means that the country is successful or not doing well is similarly with any profession statistics facts figures play a huge role that's how human beings are programmed that's how we look at it and it's been acceptable for the better part of a quarter of a century and even more but should we get influenced by statistics in an ideal world no but in a world of majority we cannot stop but being influenced by statistics cause the theory is that individuals who are bubbled up in their comfort zone don't really grow but what is growth in this context the hypothesis is seen as such if you are bubbled up in your comfort zone then you will not grow if you will not grow you will not learn new skills or seek out new experiences if you don't learn new skills or seek out new experiences then you won't be successful in your profession and if you are not successful then by default or design you are deemed as 
unsuccessful or as a failure but what defines failure or success is a state of mind because they are abstract concepts and they are not concrete so it's all a state of mind whether it's the comfort zone success failure or any other such ideology being propounded was india outplayed in the one day international series versus australia well that's what the theory is that's what the majority is saying but i do not agree with this because for me they have not been outplayed but australia riding on a bit of luck and scoring 390 runs one would feel that india's bowling performance went alright all about luck and the way the series has been played i think both teams deserve accolades for their performances and despite the fact that australia scored nearly 400 runs in both the matches never once did the indian team give up well yes eventually they lost by 60 runs and 50 runs but that's a matter of debate what should be debated is not the performance of both the players and of course the hype and the aura around steve smith who made 100 runs of 60 balls compared to the indian players performance who were relatively batting slow and of course if smith is in such ominous form then of course that's trouble for the team as far as the 50 over matches the 20 over matches and then of course the 5 day matches go is the indian team in trouble after such performances no they are not there is still a long way to go the most important thing is for me three matches are not enough they don't even give an idea of how you judge a team's performance and talking about losing a series Australia went to England a few months ago in September and they lost that tournament the three match series in a more embarrassing fashion than India did right now Australia collapsed while chasing a simple target of 270 and of course they won the last match thanks to the performance of Maxwell and the keeper of course I disagree with those who say that the performance was not up to mark. Well, these pseudo experts didn't obviously watch the England Australia tournament where Australia lost as I said in a more embarrassing fashion. So they should criticize the famous Hindi proverb jiske ghar shishe ke bane hote hain wo dusro ke ghar pe patthar nahi fenk another famous proverb don't judge a book by its cover don't judge the performance of the team by just two matches of course the theory is that they have now lost five matches or rather seven matches in a row it happens yes the graph goes up and then the graph comes down there is nothing to be concerned about and all the concerns being propagated well they don't count for anything because it's coming from a group 
who don't understand how things are to be evaluated. For me, the performances of both the teams was top class and despite the fact that Australia nearly scored 400 runs, which meant by default that the bowling wasn't good enough. Well, the world is not enough. Nothing is enough. Even if India had bowled Australia for 200, that would have not been enough. Nothing is enough for a certain group. So yes, what if they scored 400 runs? It's not the end of the world. It was a matter of luck and luck works in sports. Another hypothesis floating around is that the captain's apparent public statements that he was not impressed by the injury management of a few players and the communication given to him and the team about the said players. Well, you look at this in two ways. Yes, the captain went public. He was asked the question, well then that's the job of the PR and the manager in the locker room to make sure that they say these things, the captain will be unhappy about a few things. It's the way you say it in public that matters. Though why are we making such a huge deal of what is said and what the theory that is floating is that there is miscommunication between the said injured player and the captain. Well, it happens. So the captain goes public with his discomfort of communicating to everyone that he was not impressed by how the player's injury was communicated to him and the team. Well, if the captain hadn't made this public, he hadn't talked about it, then what would have floated around is that why isn't the captain saying something about this? Why isn't he making his views clear. So if the captain makes his views clear, then that is seen as a miscommunication between the governing body and the team management, the team which is present on the grounds at which they are playing. But on the other hand, if the captain doesn't express his displeasure about certain management styles, with injury or anything else, then what happens is, that you are not being communicative, you are not the leader you are supposed to be. So how do you look at this? Either way, the captain is on the docks, is in trouble. If he says this, then the governing body will reprimand him for saying things which are not supposed to be said or said with a cotton wool. If he doesn't say, then the debate will be why he didn't say it. Is there issues between the players, the coaches, the governing body officials. Well, either way, nothing pleases anyone. So I think what the captain did was right. He made his discomfort on to the national television and whatever are the repercussions are the repercussions. Thanks to the influence of pseudo media where any rag tag and bobtail with no apparent maturity to say things. They can say anything and when the captain of a national team makes such things public, these very rag tag and bobtails abuse the situation by putting their thoughts, I repeat, thoughts and ideas on such platforms to garner 
followers and create a controversy out of a very minor situation. And of course, coming back to the performance, I think both the teams deserve 9.5 out of 10 despite the apparent 2-0 series loss for the visiting team, that is the Indian team. Yes, there will be a lot of questions asked on the captaincy, management, the team selection on whether certain players should have been selected, why was a certain player selected and we know whenever such things happen, a few players are always under the radar, they always have a target on their backs. But that's what happens when apparently we have forgotten that just four months ago, the Australian team which is being praised and put on a pedestal and a halo is being created around a few players. They also lost a similar tournament while functioning as a touring team. Those who have amnesia about this, well, if you have Klaus houses, don't throw stones at others' houses. मैं डर दी रब रब कर दी वे मैं डर दी रब 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 मैं डर दी रब रब कर दी वे मैं डर दी रब रब मैं डर दी रब रब करते हैं के लोग कहे चोई मुई चोई मुई चोई मुई चोई मुई चोई मुई चोई मुई रब मैं डर दी रब रब कर देंगे लोग कहें चोई मुई चोई मुई चोई मुई तेरी जैसी कोई नहीं कोई नहीं कोई नहीं हाय हाय हेलो हेलो झिटू लंग मुंडे दे कर दे आहा आहा बाय बाय सी यू सी यू मलेर खवाले ते नू कर दे जैसी जैसा रंग तेरा बैठे हुए सुन हुए सुंदरी आहा आहा हंसते हैं तेरे वेले तेरी कैदी दस मजबूरी ओए तेरी चढ़ती जवानी लगे कहनू तेनू नैन मिला हा 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 रब रब कर दी वे मैं डर दी रब रब डर दी रब रब कर दी के लोग कहें चुई मुई चुई मुई चुई मुई
Poro Mamad, a modern Robin Hood. Tell me, Miss Carnaby, did you ever have to carry out the threats you use in your letters? Threats? Were you ever compelled to mutilate the animals in the way you specified? Miss Carnaby regarded him in horror. Of course, I would never have dreamed of doing such a thing. That was just, just an artistic touch. Very artistic. It worked. Well, of course, I knew it would. I know how I should have felt about Augustus. And of course, I had to make sure these women never told their husbands until afterwards. The plan worked beautifully every time. In nine cases out of ten, the companion was given the letter with the money to post. We usually steamed it open, took out the notes and replaced them with paper. Once or twice, the woman posted it herself. Then, of course, the companion had to go to the hotel and take the letter out of the rack. But that was quite easy too. And nursemaid touch, was it always a nursemaid? Well, you see, Monsieur Poirot, old maids are known to be foolishly sentimental about babies. So it seemed quite natural that they should be absorbed over a baby and not notice anything. Hercule Poirot sighed. He said, Your psychology is excellent, your organization is first class, and you are also a very fine actress. Your performance the other day when I interviewed Lady Hogan was irreproachable. Never think of yourself disparagingly, Miss Carnaby. You may be what is termed an untrained woman, but there is nothing wrong with your brains or with your courage. Speak as though you bore him no animosity. Of course I don't. A very pleasant little scrap with no ill feeling on either side. I have nothing against Pinker. The one I've got it in for is the cook. She beamed me with a china basin from behind of all unspoken things. If you'll excuse me, I'll go and have a word with that cook. I was so obviously looking forward to telling Emerald Stoker what he thought of her that it gave me quite a pang. I have to break it to him that his errand would be bootless. You can't, I pointed out. She's no longer with us. Don't be an ass. She's in the kitchen, isn't she? I'm sorry, no. She's eloped with Gussie Fink Nottle. A wedding has been arranged and will take place as soon as the Archbishop of Canterbury lets him have a special license. Spood reeled. He had only one eye to stare at me with, but he got all the mileage out of it 
that was possible is that true absolutely well that makes up for everything if madeline's back in circulation thank you for telling me booster old chap don't mention it's food old man or rather lord sitcup old man for the first time pop basse appeared to become aware that the slight distinguished looking young fellow standing on one leg by the sofa was bertram the booster he said then he stopped swallowed once or twice and groped his way to the table where the drinks were his manner was feverish having passed a liberal footfall down the hatch he was able to resume i had just seen madeline oh yes i said courteously how is she off her head in my opinion she says she is going to marry you for more awesome content tune in to the next episode of the weekly show with aditya for more awesome content tune in to the next episode of the weekly show with aditya